You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 149. For this edition of the podcast, I chatted with Los Angeles-based songwriter Lila Sunier. Over the past year, Lila has been keeping busy during the pandemic, releasing two EPs. The first called Only to Bleed Out the White Noise, and the second, which just dropped last month, is called Where Everything is Perfect. During our interview, we chatted about how Lila wound up settling out west in Los Angeles, the overarching themes of each EP, how her work as a visual artist influences her songwriting, and a whole lot more. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look At My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look At My Records website, where you'll find reviews, playlists, premieres of new music, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. All right, I'm here with Lila Sunier. Hey, Lila, how are you? Um, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Good. Very nice to meet you. E meet you. Likewise, yeah. Your new EP, Where Everything is Perfect, is out now. Second EP of the year, and your second official release under your own name. But it seems like you've been involved in playing and creating music for quite some time. So what's your background as far as playing music in other bands and other projects and things like that? Um, Yeah, I went to school for music at University of Miami. There um, I made a band for a brief moment in time called Quixote, which um, for me was like a massive learning process. And I was really excited about the music that we made there. Um, I had interest in music before in high school and um was really like it was something that i would actively do on weekends um i had a funny moment where i went to like um, a pre-college like for classical music that kind of course on saturdays every day uh junior and senior year because i was just that much of a geek um and then yeah um and then now here like I think it took me a while to like really be comfortable and confident to consistently um, release music under my own name. Um, just because I like the perfectionist in me was like, it's never good enough. And I think with these two projects, I realized everything is a process and it's okay. Um, like, you're just going to grow and get better with the next one. And hopefully, like, that's just part of the artistry behind everything is that you're always evolving so yeah how much does because i saw that you did study music in school and a lot of times talking to different musicians that comes with its own set of circumstances as far as uh, evolving as a songwriter and writing songs how do you think that has impacted your approach to songwriting? I think I definitely learned a lot from my peers 
that was like a cool time where um, like you're just with so many different creative people from like different backgrounds that like you're able to just kind of absorb a lot. And I think I got really nerdy about like the history of popular music within America, um, just because like I'm a history geek. I don't know, I think that was also part of me trying to figure out how to be confident with that evolution that I was just talking about. Because I think people will say it like you get like overly self-critical and you think that a product isn't good enough or you think that um, it needs to be a certain style or a certain way or um, maybe maybe like like especially if you like start hanging out with the like the jazz cat type people like yeah the people, like the intense like you think it's not um it's not innovative enough or breaking enough boundaries like it's just too much of a commercial contemporary thing so i think you kind of have to go through it and go through the heady stuff to figure out where you want to be and return to like something that is interesting to you but relevant and yeah yeah and because it seems like a lot of times people that go to school for music then also have to be separated from it for a while in order to kind of learn how to create a little bit outside of those parameters as well. Did you find that happening with you? Well, my friends and I will describe like music kind of like it's it's like kind of a toxic relationship where you kind of like I think it gives you um, some incredible highs that it make it hard to let go but there are definitely times that like it makes it brings out some intense lows so i think a healthy removal from it like i took a semester off in my junior year but i was still working on music at that time yeah i don't know i think maintaining balance in the rest of your life is something that we're all trying to figure out like especially in this like age of like early to mid 20s so there's definitely like times that you need to like step back and reevaluate and like reward the other parts of yourself that are like you know artistic yeah and, totally but um yeah i don't know i think everyone has their own relationship with music if that makes sense and i think that's kind of the cool and exciting thing about it yeah because i feel like your your music has that nice balance between like pop sensibilities and something that's also something that's like solidly grounded in music theory and stuff like that yeah i (laughs) i think um my heroes were always um like less on the commercial side and um but then also like what inspired me to start writing in the first place when I was 14 was like incredibly commercial stuff like um, Taylor Swift and Coldplay. Like that was like my entry. And then um, as I got older, my heroes kind of like diversified. And um, I'm, I'm glad that you like see that and that you hopefully like it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. That's a good thing to know. And it's cool that you alluded to kind of the early, late 20s things and the lessons you learned. I definitely want to dive into that because I feel like the two EPs sort of follow that chronologically almost. But before we get into that, I know you've basically moved around the country a bit. You're originally from the New York City area. You were living in Miami for school. You were in Colorado as well, and now you're kind of firmly planted in L.A. for like the last year. How'd you wind up there? And how do you think bouncing from place to place has influenced your music? 
Yeah, I I came to LA um, primarily just because like the advice I was getting um, from a lot of people was just go to LA. That's where a lot of the industry is happening. And I think I'm still trying to figure out. Um, I think there are a lot of great people that I've met here that I'm so excited to have met and worked with. And some days I love the city and some days not. But I think like the, everything that I was hearing was go to LA and try it out there. So that's pretty much what I've been doing, checking it out, seeing how it works and everything. But yeah, I moved a lot, like not a lot, a lot, but enough like, like I actually, even before New York, um, I lived in like Illinois outside Chicago for seven months. Oh, wow. And then I um, lived in Bay Area, California before that. And then before that was New York. So like both coasts and there's a time like when I was living in, I took time off to work in Colorado uh, junior year and then I went and worked in Berlin and then I went back to Miami. So I think really maybe it's just like I just don't have the attention span to like handle being in one place for too long. I just there's a lot of world out there. So I feel like that's part of what drives it. And I feel appreciative for all the people that I've met um, in like different phases in like my very short, but I guess long life. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, I, I appreciate it. I think it's what makes me feel um, like more connected with just living and everything to be able to go and see different places and people and know that there are patterns between how people act in um, Phoenix to people who act in like New Jersey. Like, you know, like we're all just people at the end of the day. Um, Totally. We are all people. (laughs) And so where everything is perfect is your second EP that you released this year. It came out in October and your first one was only to bleed out the white noise. So did you record this second EP immediately after you were done with the first one? And what was the process of recording this like fairly quickly after the the first one? Yeah, so I had this goal of like releasing two projects in a year. And I started writing pretty quickly, right? Like immediately, as you said, after like I had finished the first project and some of the project on uh, some of the songs, some of the songs on the project actually, well, really only one or two of them. Actually, no, just one of them, uh, Cold Iris's Predated, where everything is perfect. But a lot of it, I was working in a gastro pub in like Colorado that summer. And a lot of my experiences there just kind of like shaped and influenced this project. And um, when I moved to LA in the fall, um, I started like recording demos of it myself as I was like getting ready to release the first project. And it just kind of fell together that um, that would be like, oh, like as I was starting to like record and everything, I was like, perfect, let's do it this way. And then I connected with my friend Alex on Facebook and he really helped bring everything to life. And that I think once we were able to get to making the official recordings in June, Um, things just kind of clicked and that was really cool to see and experience cool yeah they're both really really good and I like how they both have these (laughs) overarching stories to each of them and I feel like they also each set of stories on each EP to me sort of 
chronologically follows the other. I feel like if only to bleed out, bleed out the white noise kind of talks about turning the page to a post-college life where you're going through significant life changes and then where everything is perfect kind of dives into those experiences yeah. that you have entering adulthood after college, like hanging out, making new friends, doing stuff like that where you're really kind of settling into yourself in your early to mid 20s. How would you compare the two EPs? And do you also view them as kind of telling a sort of chronological story like that? Uh, they definitely do. Um, I'm, I think I love um, like projects that have that overarching like type theme that have a story and a narrative and a thread that runs through it i love having words that repeat um and hold like significant meaning like the first project ghost is there's the song ghost but like the idea of ghosts and rays and everything and like this kind of past is throughout like the song and like the project in each and every song just in different ways and then for this one it kind of tells this like story there's like kind of a love story that's like ever so slightly threaded in there, but mostly <laughs> it's just like, this is me trying to figure out um, my shit and like how I talked to about like with Alex was like, and how I was like arranging it even before then, um, it was, it should feel like you're entering into this midsummer night stream. This is like where everything is perfect. Like you're entering into this world of like we don't know what's going to happen and it wanted to tell this like whole story of like where does our protagonist go so that's cool that um you picked up on that i think for me it's just something that makes it exciting if i can present like a short story or like a little like narrative as like art that to me is really rewarding so that's why I kind of go back to it. Something that I was also curious about that, because they do have these kind of distinct overarching stories and themes, each of them separately. Why'd you decide to separate them into EPs and not maybe necessarily put them in an, L an LP together as kind of one half, the other half type of thing? Um, I think just because like the first one was recorded primarily in the spring of my senior year. And then like the writing for the next one just followed like, like the project was done essentially by the summer and then the writing for the next followed. Yeah. I think they, even though they are connected, they're two different chapters. They're not the same story. Um, one, yeah. they're actually like it, very clearly one is about like the college, like end of college confusion, but then also this, um, this end of this relationship. And then another one is just figuring out who you are independent of everything that you've known and the start of this new relationship. And just, yeah, so two different things that are, that are like, still connected. And I think I'm excited about like how it can connect that into a third chapter um just because again i i love art like that um i think i read a lot as a kid i love reading still now and i love tying things together and making it all come together as like one collective piece yeah totally very very cool and it's awesome that they're connected yet distinct and that's interesting that she you mentioned that you read a lot and you read a lot do you 
write separately from lyric writing and music or did you do you kind of just write lyrics and stuff to express you know narratives you're writing or things like that um i mean i journal um sporadically i feel like um my writing process is um like mixed with journaling and then also just observations and yeah but not too much creative writing i feel like i'm intimidated by the idea of like actually writing out like full-on stories or whatnot that would be a lot but maybe some somewhere down the line like i feel like in the future i'd like to envision myself as um a crazy playwright who like also has musicals and everything just like with a big hat a really big hat that would be dope yeah <laughs> the hat is essential to that totally yeah yeah it's cool because the two eps they're themes that i feel like a lot of people can relate to with listening to it you know i feel like many people go through this soul searching after the early 20s are over and then you get into your mid-20s and you're really trying to figure out what is life how am i gonna do this who are my friends and things like that so it's totally something that people can listen to and see parts of themselves in it yeah i mean that's always the hope for me um like the reason why i got into music in the first place was like i loved being able to hear a song and hear myself and that's kind of my goal is just always to tell a story um, just simply enough, but also interestingly enough that people hear themselves and like feel like validated in that experience. I think that's um, like the greatest gift you can give as an artist is just like validate someone else's experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And so tell me about the title of the EP, Where Everything is Perfect. I read that you said it represents an acknowledgement that everything is not perfect and everything is a mess and what would you say particularly inspired that and how do you feel now that it's definitely taken on new meaning in 2020 (laughs) that yeah i was with 2020 i was like wow really things are so far from perfect um (laughs) but yeah i think um there's Again, like going back to the other project, I guess it's kind of funny. Like I just have things that I like doing. And it was a lyric in the last song, Part of Me. Um, the lyric is, um, I'll grow a garden in my mind um, where everything's perfect. This idea of escapism and going to Eden and just removing yourself from it. And then just knowing in reality, the situation isn't what you wanted. And I think when I wrote that song, I knew that that was going to be the closing song of whatever the project was going to be like i hadn't even written all the songs i just was like this is it this is like this is the testament of what's happened and yeah i think it's kind of interesting because i don't know if i believe in escapism but it kind of like became that and like within 2020 i thought it was like very fitting that that was what the project was going to be because like things just have not been perfect this year but i think that people have really tried and i think it's cool to see like people just show up and people try and like people we showed up last week in terms of like the election in terms of what we've wanted i think it hasn't been perfect but i think just our will to try is always cool to see um and maybe that's like ties into the project if i'm being like 
narcissistic or something <laughs> but um yeah i don't know it felt right and it's cool i know we've been talking about the two eps having these overarching themes across all of the songs do you set out to do that from the outset of writing all of the songs or is it something that you find comes together through the process and then you realize i'm heading towards kind of writing these songs with this theme or this connecting fiber type of situation um i think a little bit of both i think um there's one project for me in middle school or high school uh noah and the whales uh first days of spring that like introduced this idea of a concept album to me so i think i go in knowing that i want to curate because a song would like if going back, if we're thinking about these as chapters and like albums as chapters within like a larger book, or maybe they're just like books within a series, then a song is a chapter within each book. And it doesn't necessarily need to be, I don't think moving forward, I feel like I need to be as um, meticulous about it, nor was I really that obsessed about making sure everything fit. I, it's just like, make sure that you're telling something that you feel like has a clear through line. And I find that when you're just writing and you're observing and you're just take, you just kind of come up with like through lines just through the process of writing and being aware of what's going on in your life and your friend's life. Cause that is a moment in time that you can't really capture and go back to. That's just what it is. Sometimes like I'll go back and I'll think like, I'm writing for, hopefully a new project of course <laughs> like yeah definitely a new project but it's kind of interesting because right now i'll be like hmm this would feel really good if this song was followed by another and like you have an idea and you don't really know what it is yet but you're like this feels like it needs to be followed by this emotion um and i kind of piece it like that if that makes sense yeah that's really cool it's cool to hear about that process that's awesome yeah thank you your music categorized as indie folk but it kind of has this maximalist sound to it too you know it's not just it's not just straight guitar vocals type of thing there's you know nice layered harmonies in a lot of the songs and different stuff going on so how do you kind of set a foundation for a song and then build off of it what's your process like in in that respect in terms of arranging or yeah yeah i think um most of my songs i write on the guitar um and i guess that's why i categorize it as indie folk because um if i were to just play it for you on a guitar song it would just come off as like a folk song um but then i've got so many uh like just production heroes that and like arrangement ideas that like there's no way for me to simply be satisfied i think with just having guitar and voice just because I, I don't know i guess it's like the very like the theater kid in me wants to hear like how where everything could go um yeah like i grew up on disney like a little bit too much and closely <laughs> I feel like um alan menken is an early musical hero of mine and um 
I think the possibilities of arrangement just are fun and rewarding. So in terms of like, if I were to record, usually, I don't know, I'll start with guitar and voice, bass, and then I feel like harmonies are where I, I get really excited in terms of like having control over my instrument. So I'll just like go through and then um, piece it together until it doesn't sound so standard, if that makes sense. Totally. Some very gorgeous harmonies on this EP. Thank you. <laughs> and you worked with Alex Newport on the EP, which is cool because he has a very diverse background as far as being a producer. I know he's worked on bands like Block Party, even like the Mars Volta and at the Drive-In, and then also the Mountain Goats. So how'd you connect with him and what was working with him like and how do you think he helped shape the sound of the EP? Um, yeah, Alex is a delight. Um, we connected uh, via Facebook. Um, like I saw that he liked my Facebook page and like I, I'm a true geek and a nerd and there's something about his name that seemed a little bit familiar so I like clicked his profile and I was like, I checked it out and I was like, oh, and like he, it was just very funny cause um, you've mentioned Mountain Goats. Like he is involved with my favorite Mountain Goats album of all time, All Hail West Texas. Just literally, that's, <laughs> that's a perfect project to me. Great record. <laughs> um, and then also who's like involved like um with my favorite death cab project um, yes that's Narrow right, stairs yeah. i was like wow this is really cool this guy that like damn and he liked my facebook page so <laughs> nervously like i like i think a friend requested him and then he confirmed and then i was trying to figure out what i should message him and then he messaged me and then i was like it was, it was a great day. It was a great night. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, just because I was, like, so excited. Um, and then what was also really cool, like, I just kind of took it, like, I, I kind of believe in, like, higher powers or just, like, things just going well, um, hopefully. Um, but anyway, like, we, we met up. Um, it was right before everything closed. And what I liked about him was, like, we had a four-hour conversation just about music, film, and art, not just everything really. And I feel like in LA, there are a lot of people that you'll meet that are like a half hour coffee type vibe. And they're like, yeah. there's just not much, but like that we were able to connect so quickly, I think um, made me know that like, I want to work with this person that he like has the time and that there aren't really any pretenses about his character. And I was just really excited that we were able to figure something out. They were able to put together a schedule and that we were able to um, like turn out a product so quickly. Like I, I already had um, like a lot of it uh, demoed out and stuff. So I think that was a good springboard. But in terms of sound, I think um, he's just so great to work with because he gets that like you're not trying to make something too shiny you're trying to get something that um and i think it is because of his musical background and like um the bands that he's worked with that he got and he understood that like i'm not trying to present myself as um you know a mellow indie folk singer songwriter type thing that um like 
I don't know, we were both geeking out about the Bowie Berlin era. And like he let me um, like his book on that. I think that speaks to like just a common um, like appreciation for like different, like if you have something in common of like what you like in music, it's kind of cool when you can come together and do that. And yeah, so it was really fun. Um, Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned kind of the avoiding it sounding not too shiny. I really think my favorite track on the record is, yeah, it's overproduction is a deadly sin for sure. You you know, (laughs) it, it just sounds like cheesy sometimes, but I particularly really like supernova, the song on the EP. Yeah. It has that kind of sound. We're talking about really maximalist sounding with, gorgeous layered harmonies but it ends in this kind of lo-fi stripped down personal sounding final verse why'd you decide to do that specifically i thought that was really interesting a way to end the song i thought it was really cool way to end the song yeah thank you for noticing that um i think i have a tendency in my writing to have like i like a flip of a sort um be it like something that's like a very expansive flip or it gets really small but I like um, changing the dynamic nature of something drastically and going somewhere else and I think that line like I had an original demo where actually that's where it got really tripped out and it just grew but that line holds the entire um, like it's the backbone of the song is it's just like then you look at me like I'm a supernova, just like him. It's this entire idea of comparing something that's starting to something that's happened. And I think that's such a fragile sentiment that it had to be stripped back. You had to just hear yeah. that word and that phrase because it's, you can't overglow. It's just like that delicate humanness of wondering yeah. and just being like, oh my God, is it okay that we're starting something right now? And yeah. Yeah, it was totally killer. <laughs> totally killer, last part of that song. The two singles are great too, Sober Without and Everyone. Tell me a little bit about those two songs. Uh, yeah, Sober Without, that one, I, where it's like talking about part of me, I knew it was going to be the closer. Um, Sober Without, I knew was going to be um, the intro. And at first I didn't even know if everyone was going to make it to the project. So it's kind of funny that it turned out to be um, the second single because I just wasn't sure about it as a song. (laughs) Um, But which is kind of funny just because I think it's gotten a lot more support than I really ever anticipated. Um, But yeah, those two are just kind of setting this. I consider them as like setting the stage for um, the story and everything that's going to happen. This idea of like, I'm going to figure out when I'm sober and then just going into this like epic, like night on the town. And then everyone is just kind of like, yeah, I'm chilling. I'm still kind of not sober, still trying to figure it out. So they're very... um, locked in ter- in terms of story and narrative which as we mentioned is something i'm quite fond of totally both great great songs and you're a visual artist as well how do you think being a visual artist 
bleeds over into being a musician, if at all? And are you able to take anything from one pursuit or medium to the other that inspires you and vice versa? Um, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. I go back and forth between the two of them a little bit, just because I think you process and understand emotions and just everything in general a little bit, just differently between the two of them. Um, and I go to them for different things. Where, like, I, I've always been drawn visually, not to things that are um, so, like, perfect. Like, I like kind of like an abstractification, like something that's like blends into each other and seems not concrete. And I think you can kind of hear that sonically this idea that things um, blend into each other and um, there's no clear answer, no clear perspective. Okay, so we're going to play some songs from the record, but before we do, tell me about another song from the record that I really like called It's Subjective. Well, I feel like that's like my little like nihilist mantra of like, whatever, life, truth, it's subjective. I don't really know where I'm going. Um, and like, I, like Alex and I, like we're both... Um, into what, what's it called oh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy both massive fans um and the song was coming out very closely to 240 which is the inverse of 42 the answer to life so we bounced it out at 240 <laughs> um, just just like a good luck charm you know i totally know what you mean all right, so we're going to play four songs from Lila's brand new EP, Where Everything is Perfect. Again, check it out at Lila Sunier. That's L-E-I-L-A-S-U-N-I-E-R.bandcamp.com. Also available on all streaming platforms. We're going to hear the two singles from the EP, Sober Without Everyone. And then we're gonna hear Supernova and it's subjective. And I'll figure it out when I'm sober. Just have to stick around for when I'm sober.
it's just like that You look at me like I'm a sleeper No fuck, just like him We can go to the same bar Fuck under the same star songs from lila's brand new ep where everything is perfect we heard the first four songs sober without everyone supernova and it's subjective and now lila picked some records from my record collection and we are going to talk about them and play them very excited for this we're starting it off with fiona apple when the pawn dot 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 and we'll be hearing the second single from that record, Paper Bag. Um, gosh, Fiona Apple. Um, she, I think when I first heard her, I heard actually, um, I heard, uh, what was it? The one that like, uh, every single night, right? 
Yeah. And um, I just, I fell absolutely in love with her sound and her writing and everything about her. And yeah, when I saw that you had a Fiona Apple record on it, Paper Bag is probably something that I've related to more than once. So had to go with that. Cool. How have you related to that song, would you say? <laughs> Pretty much exactly as the chorus um, says. Uh, this idea of like putting like something being bigger than it was, like you thought it was a dove, but it's just a paper bag. Yeah. Like making something bigger than what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she's obviously incredible, incredible songwriter. Yeah. All right, next, The Decemberists. The Crane <laughs> Wife 3 off of The Crane Wife. Tell me why you picked this song and this record. Um, okay, so the de- I've actually been going on a mass. I saw The Decemberists as well on your list, and I just like went back on a deep dive. I've just been listening to them, like pretty much the past couple of days. (laughs) I just love their, like we were talking about that flip, right? I love the flip. I love the next song actually on that record, The Crane Wife, um, The Island, Come and See, The Landlord's Daughter, You're Not, You'll Not Feel the Drowning, that medley, where like they go to the polka and then they like go back to like this down tempo thing of like, you little ugly or whatever. Um, That's like one of the lines. I just think it's such great inventive writing. And I think the hook writing in The Crane Wife 3 is uh, like the Decemberists at their best. Hell yeah. Big Decemberist fan here <laughs> myself. They're so, so cool. <laughs> very, very cool. I was supposed to see them last summer. Then they had to postpone because I think, or maybe it was two summers ago. I think the guy had laryngitis. And then they rescheduled it and I couldn't go. But next oh, no. time, I'll be there. <laughs> You'll be in there. In Prospect Park, too. Because I love going to see a fun show at Prospect That's Park That's the Brooklyn. best. I think some... I saw Bela Fleck and the Fleckstones there. Great. I saw Damien Rice there. <laughs> also just great. That's awesome. Some of my favorite musical, like, concert going. have definitely... Like, their summer series. They just have such a great lineup. That's so <laughs> funny that you mention uh, Bela Fleck and the Flecktones because I know all of my friends growing up that were really into band and music and then studied music in college love like Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones. I'm sure they did. (laughs) How could you not? Oh my God. Like this is like where the musical geek in me, I don't know if you've picked this up at all in my writing, but I'm also just like a massive bluegrass fan. I think it's just, it's such a fun genre. It's so fun to just like go out to like a bluegrass festival. Um, and like him and Abigail Washburn, they're just the coolest people with their banjos and they're just like chilling, vibing. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love vibing. Bella Fleck vibing. That's good. They are. I swear to God. <laughs> they are very much vibing. All right, next, Night Shift by Lucy Dacus off of her second album, Historian. Tell me about this one. Um, this one, again, it has that flip um, that you, you'll take the, you have the nine to five, so I'll take the night shift. And when I heard that, um, when I heard that project, that just really also just shaped 
and my songwriting in general, I think I just was like, wow, you could do that. You could put your hook in the B section and have people sing that. And it's not like a standard chorus. Um, and I just also think she has like the loveliest tone of all the people. So that, that would be why. She has good tone. Very good tone. <laughs> just lovely tone. And just so full, so rich. <laughs> a rich, full tone. It's cool. I saw her, for some reason, I was very keen on her early on. And I remember seeing her at Mercury Lounge in New York City with not a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. She was really, really good. It was excellent. Yeah. And last, someone you've cited as a... Influence Angel Olsen, whole new mess, new, new record, new song by her. This one, yeah. Well, I just okay. I love that um, she and John Congleton revisited All Mirrors and just completely made it this like drippy, weird, like strip stripped back, but not like you know clean stripped back. Just like a lot of delay and distortion on the last project, and then they had these two new ones. Um, waving smiling and then is it what's the other one that's new on that project whole new mess yeah waving smiling and whole new mess the one that i chose is whole new mess and i think um i think i wanted to close with that on like my little selection for you of like my little playlist because i think um you're always stepping into like your next phase of life is kind of just like it's an it's a whole new thing it's like we don't really know we're still guessing we're still making it up and i feel I really relate to that idea right now. Um, And again, I just love their approach to everything. Um, And also just John Congleton's song. He started doing something with the staves, I saw. It's like, that's great. He's been doing just great work um, that I really admire. Absolutely. All right. These are your selections, and we're going to play them right now. We're going to hear Paper Bag, Fiona Apple, The Crane Wife 3 by The Decemberist, Night Shift by Lucy Dacus, and Whole New Mess by Angel Olsen. I was staring at the sky, just looking for a star. To pray on or wish on or something like that I was having a sweet fix of a daydream of a boy Whose reality I knew was a hopeless to be had But then the dove of hope began its downward slope And I believed for a moment that my chances were approaching to be grand But as it came down near, so did a weary tear Just a paper bag Hunger hurts And I want them so bad Oh, it kills Cause I know I'm a messy Don't wanna clean up I got to focus These hands are too shaky to hold Hunger hurts But starving works When it costs too much to Today, looking for a strand to climb, looking for a little hope. Baby said he couldn't stay 
excuses or fail to cope I said, honey, I don't feel so good Don't feel justified Come on, put a little love here in my boy He said, it's all in your head And I said, so's everything, but he didn't get it I thought he was a man, but he was just a little boy Hunger hurts, and I want him so bad All we kills, cause I know I'm a messy Don't wanna clean up, I got to focus These hands are too shaky to hold Hunger hurts, but starving works when it goes Too much to love hunger Each feather 
got a nine to five, so I'll take the night shift, and I'll never see you again if I can help it. In five years, I hope the songs feel like. Again.
it all fades to black I'll be getting back on track Back to my We heard Lila's record picks, Fiona Apple, followed that up with the Decemberists, Little Lucy Dacus in there, and then of course wrapped it up with the one and only Angel Olsen. Lila, it was it was a pleasure speaking with you. Had a lot of fun learning all about the songs on your new EP, Where Everything is Perfect. Everyone, you can get it at Lila Sunia. That's L E I L A S U N I E R dot bandcamp dot com. And also available on all streaming platforms, of course. Spotify, add it to those playlists. Do the damn thing, people. Listen to <laughs> it. I know you like it. So. What's what's next? It sounds like you're already in the process of working on your next release, getting going for that. What's what's on the agenda for the rest of this year, uh, moving into next year? Um, yeah, so for the rest of this year, it's pretty much um, promoting this project as much as I can, writing and figuring out like what, I mean, Typically, I'd be kind of trying to like look at touring, and I think 
It's interesting because there's like a lot of the live streams and I'll probably like be booking myself up for that as much as I can. Um, I'm trying to figure out how that works. But yeah, just writing and recording for the next project. Um, and yeah, should be good. Super duper exciting. And we're going to play one more song from the new EP. It's the final track called Part of Me. Tell us a little bit about that song before we play it. Yeah, Part of Me, um, that was actually an earlier song. Like, the one of the first ones that I wrote for the project, um, even though it's the closer. And that I always consider as like a late night lullaby to yourself, like your insomniac self. I think it's funny that both projects kind of end with this insomniac character that I am of just like not being able to go to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, I I like this song. This song is just special to me to perform um, and it's special to close with. And yeah, I hope you like it. Everyone. Here it is, part of me, from Lila's brand new EP, Where Everything is Perfect. Thank you, Lila.
It's 